Hi, welcome to the Happy Single with your host, Christy. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of The Happy Singer with your host, Christy Bissell. That's me. Um, I'm a voice teacher in New York, uh, in New York City. Um, I work at New York Vocal Coaching, and this is just a little side thing that I do because um, in the voice lessons, we don't have a lot of time to chit-chat and talk about the things that we love about music as much as we would like. We have one hour where I warm your voice up. We do head voice, chest voice mix. We do all kinds of other things if you're working on Agility will do things like that, and then we go into your song, and that's the end of the lesson. And to me, it just doesn't seem like enough, so this is me trying to kind of fill in a gap that I think is so very necessary. So, here you have it. You found my podcast. So, the fun thing about this is, if you don't like it, you can just turn it off. If not, keep on listening. It's full of great stuff. Um, today's episode, I'm really, really um, I'm really happy to present it because because it's my old friend, Ben Mackle, who I haven't spoken to in a long time, and it's really nice to catch up with him and listen to his new music that he's created. I had met him through Barter Theater, which you'll hear me talk about, but um, I knew him from his musical theater compositions that he had been creating, and I had heard him dabble a little bit in some folk music and things like that. And now he's got all this great stuff going for himself, and he's now in Asheville, North Carolina. And I'm just going to read off his little bio here. Threadbare, Ben Mackle grew up near Asheville, North Carolina, and is also a member of the harmony-driven trio, the Blue-Eyed Bettys. Apart from his high-driven energy shows with the Bettys, this solo project gives Ben a chance to delve further into his love of simple, bittersweet songs that are prone to pulling your heartstrings. The name Threadbare is derived from the minimalistic lyrics and simple melodies being weathered and woven into a fabric just strong enough to make a song that's full of sentiment and comfort, much like your favorite hoodie. <laughs> I like that. So before um, you listen to the chat, you can actually go and find his music. Um, so his social media is the website threadbaresongs.com. Facebook, you can just type in Threadbare Songs. Instagram, Threadbare Songs. Twitter, Threadbare Songs. <laughs> and YouTube, um, I'll give you a link in the bio in the description. Um, in streaming, you can find him on Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and then, of course, Apple Music. So just in case you can't find those right now currently, um, I'm going to play. It was nice enough for him to send this my way so I could play it for you guys before his chat. Um, so this song is called Lavender Hue, and it's just lovely. This town's changed People rearranged 
It's not quite like Now there's raging at night But the morning's much like you With its lavender hue I'll say how we know each other. We we met at Barter Theater and we both were actors there. And Ben was writing a musical at the time and that's how we came to know each other. So um, if you just want to talk about how you got to Barter or how you began doing your whole songwriting thing, just anywhere you want to start, Ben. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I got to Barter pretty much straight out of college. Um, I went to an audition at SETC, uh, Southeastern Theater Conference, and uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the uh, resident actors there, Karen Sabo, saw me, and she was down there to hire just one job and role for Gypsy. Um, I played Tulsa, and I played another person in Hunchback of Notre Dame because they were um, in rep, like Barter does. And uh, could, you, could you talk a little bit about what rep is, just super quick? Sure, yeah. So Barter Theater is a repertory company, which means that uh, they do more than one show at a time. Um, and Barter theater has two different spaces. They have a, a main stage, which is like 500 seats. And they have a, a, a smaller intimate space, which is I think one, 150, 100, I'm not sure, but, uh, they, each of those spaces do two shows at one time. So if you come for a weekend, you could see a matinee of one show at one theater, go to the same theater and see a different show in the, in, uh, at the, in the nighttime, in the evening. Mm-hmm. And then you could go across the street to the other space and see a different show the next matinee uh, on a Sunday. And then one at night that's different than that. So they, they're constantly flipping the scenery and all this stuff. And, and, uh, and it's just a way to make, you know, to bring more people in to see more things. And, and uh, it's a great tool for actors because you get to be doing so many different challenging shows instead of just one that you might get tired of for a couple months. You know. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of hard work, but it's really fun. Very, very challenging, but yeah. And then how, what came to be after you were performing? Right. So uh, I, I was always, I always dabbled in music. Um, uh, didn't know what I was doing, you know, took a couple, my dad taught me a couple 
guitar chords when I was in high school or whatever. And uh, just always did it on the side and never thought I would make any kind of career out of it, uh, except for the, the music and musical theater. Um, yeah. But writing songs um, was just kind of a, a hobby of mine. And then uh, I, I, one of the players, so the player company, you were a player. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know if you want to describe what the players did as opposed to resident company or. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, so yeah, Barter Players, it was how I came to be a part of the Barter Theater. And it's an internship, really, when it comes down to it. But in this internship, it's the best kind of acting internship you could probably get, because not only are you behind the scenes learning how the show is put up, but you're also understudying shows and you're doing the children's theater there. And the special thing about Barter Theater's children's theater is that it's not played down it's just these are human beings that just so happen to be smaller maybe yes they've lived on the earth a little bit less years than you but they're the same kind of um the performance is going to be just as important as the main stage shows so we we're engulfed in everything and some of them you get to do it for 15 months and that's what i did and then some are just summer um interns so if that's something you're interested in barter theater is incredible has really kind people very hardworking and yeah, it's really great. And it's in this beautiful area, Abingdon, Virginia. It's really close to the Tennessee line and it's, well, Ben, you can attest it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful. I love the mountains and the nature and stuff. It was kind of an anomaly for theater, like working there year round and then being able to go hiking in between yeah. shows, you know, it was really, really a wonderful spot. Um, yeah. So, so a player, uh, uh, was interested in, you know, at the end of the year, the players do this player project, which is always something that really challenges them and, and makes them really outside of their comfort zone. Uh, they run towards the fear uh, is a big what, a phrase that they like to say. Uh, and I, I fell in love with the player company, just their, their whole, um, uh, what they stand for. Uh, I really agreed with and really think is, is really uh, important in theater. And so I, uh, I had this idea, you know, I was a, as a kid growing up, my favorite story, my favorite folk tale was Billy Goat Gruff. And, uh, mm. and, you know, they would, I would always like check under bridges to see if there was a troll under there. <laughs> it was just something I really loved and enjoyed. And I always thought it would make a really cool musical. And, um, and, uh, so I was dating one of the players at the time and she really wanted to try playwriting and it scared her and she really wanted to try it. And, and I told her about my idea and she said, let's do it. And, and I, I you know, I want to see if we can write something for my player project. Uh, so we wrote the first, the first scene, the first uh, opening song and it turned out really well. And Katie Brown, the, uh, um, artistic director of the players uh, decided to commission us to finish it and, and she would put it on and that that's just like so cool how that yeah, goes. It really, it really uh, showed me that, you know, this is some, something that isn't, you know, might not be just a hobby. It's something that I really like to do and I'm not too bad at. So uh, it mm -hmm. gave me the confidence to keep going. And, uh, and then, so the players kept uh, um, commissioning us to, to write more shows Um and which led to uh, me writing some incidental music for the main stage shows, um, just kind of behind the, the scene uh, while a scene's going on or between scene shifts. Uh, and then uh, writing a show with the resident playwright, uh, Kathy Bush. Um, she came to me and, and, and uh, had this idea for a, um, 
a musical about the women's suffrage movement and and asked me if I wanted to write with her, which wasn't our first time. We'd, we'd written some children's theater for the players as well. Um, but this was our first main stage musical that we were writing, uh, you know, complete full act, well, two act musical. And uh, and it went through lots of different stages. And that's uh, that's how I met you. Right. That's how yeah. you were. You were one of the leads in that. And. Sang yeah. beautifully. I was so impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the music was so gorgeous, though. So it it was you know easy to sing. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the show was incredible too. I wish I could have seen it finally on the main stage. I never got to see it like take its full form. So yeah. that bummed me out. But I heard incredible things. Went through lots of incarnations, uh, different incarnations, and and um, and. Uh, you know, I think she's still sending it out to other theaters, and I think it's not Good. really off the table for Barter to do it again. So we'll see mm. where, it, where it goes and, and if it's ever done in the future. Oof, I hope it is. I hope it is. And the story, too, the history behind the whole yeah, thing, I think, so is really, really special. Yeah, it's really, uh, really relevant to today's politics. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Scary, though. Yeah. Um, so then what? What happens after winter wheat? Well, you know, so that um, gave me confidence as a composer. Uh, you know, I it, not necessarily as a musician because I was kind of writing it in my head and then just translating it into a computer. You know, punching in notes one at a time. I, if you ask me to play any of the piano parts for any of my musicals, I can't do it. I don't know how to play <laughs> piano that well. Um, so I just kind of sequence it and I hear the note and what would sound good next and, and what chord structure will go. And, uh, and, and I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not trained in it, but, but it's just a passion of mine and I really love it. And since I was, you know, grew up with musical theater my whole life, I have a sense of what kind of it needs. Um, and just as a musical theater actor, yeah. knowing, you know, what the musicals I've seen, the successful ones, the ones that I like, I just kind of kind of imitate and and keep going from that uh but so that gave me confidence as a as a composer and then i would you know still write some songs on the side uh for my own uh pleasure and and uh and need you know uh you get you 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 get done with a show and you need to to unwind and do something else but you still love music and that's a great way to do it and and to write you know lyrics that stuff that you're going through, but you don't necessarily want to talk about openly. You kind of put it into song form. Um, yeah. And I, I never, you know, I might put one up on YouTube every once in a while or, or, you know, show my friends, like, see, what do you think of this? Um, but I never thought it would be any kind of a career. I didn't know what, how anybody did that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, I left Barter and went to New York City and I got a job uh, at a show in Florida where I met two other people that I really got along well with and they played uh, the banjo and the fiddle and we were playing those instruments in the show. It was like a cabaret act of old Carol King and James Taylor, John Denver, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And we really loved our blend, you know, whenever we sang together and decided to play some other songs that we like some pop songs of the time and, you know, go out and play some open mics and, it was people started noticing us and we thought, well, we should make a band. And we did. And, uh, we all lived in New York city at the time, but we didn't know each other in the city. So we were all going back from the show, uh, 
once the contract ended to the city and we decided to make a little tour out of it. We all got, you know, in the same car and drove up, up the coast and got shows along the way. Sarah, the, the fiddler player, Sarah Hunt, she uh, was really good at crafty, at, you know, emailing a bunch of spots that we'd never heard of, but we just said, here's, you know, a little demo of something we recorded on our computer. Yeah. We'd love to play a show for you if you can. And, and it worked. And we made Wow. Food. Yeah. So um, just like that. So she just sent the email out and people responded. How many responses did you get? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, especially with that, um, with that little tour, uh, that was all Sarah. She just kind of was making it up as she went. Um, and Go Sarah. sent massive amounts of emails, you know, cause why not? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we played little, little bars, little gigs all the way up the coast and made it and worked out great. Uh, and so we decided to keep going and, uh, and now we keep. Now we do. We we just get together and and write songs uh, whenever we can. At the time, it was easier because we were all living in the city at the time, and we could just get together and write. Uh, and uh, we made an album, and now we're, we've made three albums. We've been together for like five years. Um, we tour whenever we can get together. We all live in different parts of the country now. Uh, I live in North oh. Carolina. She. Uh, Daniel lives in Brooklyn. He plays banjo. He's got lots of different projects going on. And Sarah, uh, she's kind of nomadic, but she's mainly based in Indianapolis at a theater where she works at a lot. Uh, so whenever we are unemployed, <laughs> we get together <laughs> and tour. <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. So that kind of showed me how possible it is to, uh, you know, make I wouldn't say a living, but you know, to, to, to be able to be a band and to get your stuff out there and to share your music with people, um, whether it's live or on the internet or on streaming services and all that stuff. And, and it's not really not that difficult. Um, so I, I saw that I had all these songs that I hadn't played and I've been still playing songs that, that were meant for me that didn't really fit the, uh, Oh, the band is called the blue eyed Bettys. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah, check them out, guys. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so it's a different kind of style than what I personally write uh, and and write for me. Uh, so I saw that how easy it was, and and I decided to get my own stuff out there. And I've got so now I've got my own kind of a solo project that I call Threadbare. Um, and I you know I struggled with. Um, what kind of name to call myself, whether it be called Ben Mackle or, or another, another different, you know, pseudonym or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, since it's such a, you know, like this style of music that I write is very, it's very soft acoustic, you know, iron and wine kind of Nick Drake. Uh, and, and that's just one side of me, as you know, uh, and yeah. lots of people know. And so I, I didn't want to call it Ben Mackle. I just, I, I wanted to call it something else. And, uh, and Threadbare seemed to be a great name because it, it, it shows how the songs are kind of dedicated to this, like, pared down music that, you know, I kind of only put what is needed for the song. You know, the lyrics are very minimal. The, the music is, is pretty pretty simple chord structures. Um, and, uh, so threadbare sounded like a great, great kind of name, you know, it is a great name and it does really kind of 
not to say label, but yeah, it's a great label for it. Because yeah, you know, you know what you're getting into when you, when you listen to it. Yeah, and it, it really is beautiful. And um, where do you get your inspiration for some of your lyrics for your oh, your well, you know personal stuff? Yeah, it's it's all personal stuff. It's really personal. It's 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 kind of stuff that you know I don't even talk to my closest friends and family about. Um, uh, you know, kind of bearing my soul and stuff that's, that's yeah. uh, gone through and um, and needed to get out because I don't like to talk about it very much. Um, yeah. You need to get it out. You know, that's why people go to therapy. Uh, this is kind of therapeutic for me to write these songs, to get it out. Um, and uh, and so uh, it's, it's, it's a strange, conflicting thing inside of me that, that, uh, that I keep having to remind myself of like, why, why make it public? You know, if it's just for me, if it's more, it's, it's kind of a selfish kind of thing, um, which not, I don't think is bad, a bad term. No. Um, you need, you need those, those things that are just for you. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I wrestle in my mind about why, why get it out there? Why am I trying to put it on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff? Why do I go out and play shows in public if it's this such this you know intimate stuff that I don't like to talk about? Um, but this is, and I and I think the reason why I do it is, uh, and, and the reason that I you know I keep telling myself why I should do it is because um, of what other artists like me have done for me like just listening to songs you know sometimes you listen to these songs and they get you through some of the hardest times in your life um that you know you feel almost a com camaraderie towards this artist because they've felt what you're feeling and yeah. and put it into this form that is easier than talking you know uh somehow it's easier to listen to or e and easier to sing about than to just talk to somebody about um, which is, you know, one of the best things about art in, in any way, shape or form is, is its communication aspect. Um, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's why I keep doing it is to hopefully find other people that, um, that it could help as well, that people have helped me, uh, just, yeah. Like, yeah, just like people have helped me. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, hey. It's hard to to define the line between being like a successful songwriter uh, because you have to define what success is for you and whether that's money and popularity and fame or if it's, you know, just trying to sort out the thoughts in your head and, and, and helping other people sort out theirs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I think for you, it's probably connecting with other people. And I right. think that I think probably with that mindset in mind, you probably could make money. That would just be a nice byproduct of it. That, right. you, and, and, you, you know, care about I do make some money, but it's usually, you know, just about as much as I've put into it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, not, it's not anything that I'm, you know, making a career out of. And maybe it will. Who knows? Uh um, but right now, what I have to keep reminding myself is, you know, if I'm going to advertise my music or, or promote it to to get it played more or whatever, it's it's I want it to be for that reason. I want it to be to to help other people to find camaraderie to uh, to help people get through times when they need music. 
Um, yeah. And so, and that's, that's, you know, that's kind of what, it's a different w- way of going about it as what the blue eyed Bettys do my other, my band. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, we obviously have songs that are extremely meaningful to us and need to get it out. Uh, it just helps to have the, the other two help us get those out, you know, um, and that's great. But you, you, most of the time we try to write songs that are, you know, uh, appeal to more, more of the masses and, and can play for a big crowd, uh, and, and entertain them and, and have fun. Cause that's a huge part of music too. And it's an important part of music. You know, you need to be able to go out and have fun, uh, Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, I, I love having both outlets, you know, with the Bettys and with my own solo uh, project. You get to you get to do both all, all sides of the art form. Yeah. And what about like for three people to write music together? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that work? Cause, you know, it's like just one person say, hey, I'm going to be the main person that writes the music you're going to be the main person that writes the lyrics you're the person that puts it like how do you do all that yeah um it's there's there's no real rules um that we've found for it yet Uh, a a lot of times most of the time starting out we would um we would we would have like i would come to the table with you know an intro and a first verse uh, and maybe a chorus. And then I'd say, this is all I've got. Can you guys help me? And they each would write a verse as well, you know, trying to say the same kind of thing that I was trying to say. Uh, and, and the chorus we kind of collaborate on, we all harmonize on and stuff. And that, that we have several songs that, that turned out well like that. Sometimes, you know, uh, like Daniel will come with, to us with a, a fully finished song and we will just add harmony to it and some instrumentation to it. Uh, sometimes we all get together and, and say, you know, this is what we want to write about. And we all are very collaborative. Uh, so it's, it, you know, there's no, um, set way to, to do it, to collaborate. Um, I think now that we are separated, uh, by such great distance, um, it's leaning more and more towards, we all write a song and bring it to the table and we, and everybody adds things, Got um, it. but it's still collaborative. Like, you know, our first album, we all split exactly three ways, the whole, every song. Um, and this latest album, we, we split it up a little bit more, but there was none that was just a hundred percent one person. Cause we all, uh, influence each other so much. So cool. So cool. And when you're talking about collaborating, I think a lot of the times, especially with what I've seen in my, with my students, a lot of them don't want to collaborate. They're either afraid that the other person is going to take control Mm -hmm. or that there's like a money problem involved. And they're also just wanting to do everything on their own for people like that. What would you say to encourage them to like get some buddies to help them out? Oh, it's, um, it, it will expand your horizons immensely. Uh, it'll open you up. If you, if you come on, you know, to the table with an open mind and accept, at least try everything that is, uh, suggested by anyone, um, you'll, I guarantee your music will expand further than you knew it could. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think 
also just from what I've seen, like when I've watched like documentaries of songwriting and how people put things together, it's like everybody has the same experiences. It's just the way you interpret it. You know, everybody falls in love. Everybody falls out of love. Everybody loses people in their lives. Everybody travels or feels like they're missing something in their life. You know, that's, those are common experiences, but I I feel like, you know, you can connect in that way, but sometimes we, we feel like we're isolated in that way. Um, but it doesn't have to feel like that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to. Yeah, I think um, that's the main reason for art is for you know to everybody to to share the same kind of experience over and over again. You know, you, you need to see other people's vantage point of things to help you along with your own circumstances. I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough because it's so near and dear to people's hearts, and you know, it, it opening your heart up to somebody else to to help with that experience is, is hard. It's really hard. Um, but, but I found I've, I've never had a moment, um, where I have opened up my heart and had somebody else help me collaborate with that artistically. It's always turned out good. I've never had a negative, uh, effect from it. Um, it's always been great. As long as you're open-minded and they're open-minded and just as open-hearted, um, you know, you have to, you have to be intimate with people. You have to, this art, this art that we're doing is very intimate and, and, and scary, but like, like the players say, you got to run towards the fear. <laughs> run, run to the fear, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. So your music that's out right now, how can people find it? Well, uh, the Bettys, the blue eye Bettys is, you know, and, and on any streaming service, uh, that you want, uh, and the blue eye Bettys.com. It's a Y S the B E T T Y S. And, uh, same with Threadbare. You can, you can go and find it on any of the, um, I just have one EP out. It's very short and small, uh, and uh, it's it's on all of the Spotify music, uh, Apple music, stuff like that. Um, and you can go to threadbaresongs.com. You can also find it uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, same with the Bettys. Just look up the Blue Eye Bettys or Threadbare Songs uh, on any of those handles. Awesome. And it's really cool to 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 see the difference in what those are and how, how, you know, theater has kind of shaped some of it. And, uh, cause I, you know, it came from a theater background and a singer background, uh, instead of, you know, music theory or anything like that. It's been just a hobby and, and just what needed to come out. Um, but it's cool. I, I have a show coming up in the city in August 23rd and, um, it's a cool uh, evening because I'll have a, a, a set of my own. Uh, it's at Rockwood in the Lower East Side. Uh, a set of my own, a Threadbare show. And then uh, just an hour later will be a Blue Eye Betty's show in the same space, uh, in the same venue. Uh, so you can come and see like the progression of, of Ben's songwriting because a lot of these songs are stuff that I started out with not wanting to share anybody and now I'm sharing it and so you can see that progression into the Bettys it's going to be a cool a cool night I'm really excited about it that's awesome congratulations and Rockwood is a, such a cool place it, yeah. I never realized that it was there because I'm I really try to like 
go home right after work because yeah. the city intimidates me. But yeah, me uh, <laughs> one of my students, Jenny, Jenny Kern, she performed there and it was so cool because it's like after her, you can go to another stage yeah. and just like check out a bunch of different people. I loved it. And it's all good music. They really, the, the, the curator, curator, curator of music is really great there. <laughs> <laughs> we got it out. Yeah. yeah I, so how would somebody get, for example, how would somebody perform at Rockwood if they wanted to, how would they go about that? Right. Um, well, you just got to, uh, um, email them, you know, you got to find who's, who's in charge. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the hard part is finding who to email and uh, how to do it, what kind of um, demo to send them, what kind of, they call it a EPK, a less electronic press kit. Uh, Although, you know, uh, videos and, you know, pictures and press, press stuff, things that people have said about you and, um, you know, once you get a good amount of that, go to them and, and, and see, you know, send them just email and see, see what they say. You know, there, yeah. there's a lot of people in New York city, so it's, it's tough, but, um, once you get an in, you can keep going. I think that's why I, I had such an easy time with Threadbare because the, the Bettys found their way in there pretty easily. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And just in case for anybody that's listening that doesn't know what a demo is, do you mind telling them? Sure. It's just, uh, you know, uh, uh, an inexpensive recording, um, of, of your song. Uh, I, I do it. Um, it's really easy to do these days, uh, technology, you know, I have a, a USB microphone. Um, that's actually how I recorded my entire album. I just went with one, you know, I have simple, software on my computer and uh, a USB microphone and, you know, just, just did it that way. And uh, it's, you know, it's uh, the technology now is good enough that it's, it's fine to send it just that even, even a simple iPhone recording sometimes is, is really easy to do as long as the music speaks for itself. Exactly. Yeah. There's this one woman that came onto the podcast. Her name was Essence and she was from Bernie and the Believers. I don't know if you've heard their album, but you should listen to it, Ben. It's um, it's called Connection. Mm-hmm. And the last song on it, the story's really moving, but they did a tiny desk and um, basically Bernie, he had ALS and she had one recording of his voice before he lost it. Oh, I last- did see that. I did yeah. see that. Really cool. It was uh, weeping on my lunch break, weeping. Yeah. Um, but the last song I think on the album is just his voice on her iPhone. She just so happened to record it at random in a voice lesson, mm-hmm. which is like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But that recording spoke for itself. It was fine that it was on a phone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's technology now is so good that there's no, there's no excuses. You know, I've given myself so many excuses go. about why not to do it. And it's like, well, I don't know how. And there's no, if you don't know how Google it and it's that easy, you learn it and you do it. It's, it's just a matter of doing it. There's no excuses anymore. There we go. That's, uh, that's very helpful information for everyone. Saying <laughs> <laughs> that, No excuses guys. <laughs> um, so, I guess the last thing I would just wanted to ask you is just, you know, in terms of music in your life, what's the benefits of it? What has been the most rewarding thing about having music in your life? Um, yeah. Why do you love it? Um, I think, I think it's, 
it's it's like I was saying earlier. It's it's therapeutic. It's uh, it gets you through really tough times. It gets you through really happy times. It it it. Um, I words aren't really my forte, uh, especially talking about serious things or or um, I don't know anything. I'm just not really good with words. So music helps me through that. Um, helps me connect with people. Helps me. Uh, inspire me go on that's why I mean music is it's huge it's huge to me Um, yeah that's great that's great oh and I also did forget um you met David Wilcox and you performed with him and for him or how how did that go talk about that real quick yeah so I there's this um songwriters association here in Asheville the Asheville Songwriters Association and um I decided to to join it because I wanted to work on my songwriting and the first meeting I went to David Wilcox was sitting right there and I was kind of starstruck and, <laughs> and then I played my, the first song I played in the, in the round, we all just get in a circle and play and then kind of critique each other and, and, and support each other in that. And, uh, and the first song I played, he like, you know, after the first couple of chords, he sat up right in front of me, which made me really nervous. And then, um, and then after that break, he said, I really loved, loved your song. Um, I'm playing a show in town in a couple of weeks. Do you want to play that song? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> oh <my laughs> and, uh, God. It was the scariest thing. Cause you know, he, he's somebody talk about getting me through some hard times. He's, he's shaped my life with his songs, you know, his, his, his morals and his storytelling and, and how he's gotten through some of the hard times in his life. Um, and, and he's literally like shaped me as a person I've told him, you know, or I've told people that have met him in the past to say, Hey, there's this guy that said, uh, if he's any semblance of a good person, it's, it's major, majorly due to your music. And, uh, and now I can tell him that in person. Cause he like, he just invites me over for dinner. Sometimes he came over wow. every day and we rode a tandem bike. <laughs> oh <my laughs> he invited God. me on a, on a like mini run out tour to Florida with him just to, ha- just to keep him company and play a couple songs as uh, you know, as he's playing. Um, it, we're just good crazy now. It's really crazy. Um, but it, it, that's the kind of stuff that I want to do with my music as well is to inspire and, and do what he did to me. And so that's kind of mm. why I'm trying to put my stuff more out there as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I hear the pup pup, so I won't keep yeah. you any longer, but to, I took Tucker out for a walk like right before this, but sometimes <laughs> he instantly gets jealous as soon as I get to the microphone here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Thank you for doing this. This is, it's great to hear that you're doing so well. Um, is there anything else you want to share? You've got the mic if you want. I don't think so. I think, I think that's it. Just check out all, all the music and, and, you know, send me stuff yeah. if you want. And I'll, I'm always here to help. If anybody wants, has any questions, they can email me through my website. Uh, right. And I'll be happy to help any way I can. Oh, great. Ben, thank you so much. Seriously. Yeah. And there you have it. You heard him say it, that he's open to helping people. So feel free to contact him. Again, if you are looking for um, more information or you want to listen to his music some more, just go ahead to his website, threadbearsongs.com. Facebook, same thing. Instagram, same thing. Twitter, YouTube. I will put that in the descriptions 
And then if you're streaming the music, go to Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and then Apple Music. And of course, we're highlighting Threadbare, but also check out the Blue-Eyed Bettys. Their music is really fun. And if you like bluegrass and country and pop kind of all mixed together, they do that really well. Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, enjoy the music. It's just lovely. And um, I'm going to leave you with just one more of his songs. And this is called We're Here. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, guys. And I hope you have a great week. Bye. Just sing.